We take so much for granted in life. What happens when a lot of it gets taken away? When things like walking, talking, blinking become near impossibilities? Can we still look for the positive in life and bounce back? Today we are talking to an amazing soul, Ramgopal Walath, who tackled a crippling autoimmune disease, defeated it and took back his life and his power, all the while radiating positivity. This is a Be Unstoppable podcast about stories worth telling of people who are living wholesome lives, overcoming obstacles, following their passion and changing the world. It's about people like you and me who found it in themselves to be unstoppable. Hi and welcome to the Be Unstoppable podcast. I'm Supriya, your host, and today we're talking to Ramgopal Walat or Ramji as he likes to call himself. Ramji has had an amazing journey and now wears many hats. Having studied in a small village government school, he managed to get admission into IIT. And after completing B.Tech and MBA, he embarked on a very successful career that saw him scaling the corporate CXO ladder rapidly. However, he was then afflicted by a crippling autoimmune disorder and had to reinvent himself. He went on to become a best-selling author, a much-sought-after keynote speaker, and a tech startup co-founder. Today, his aim is to touch a million lives positively, and I'm really, really excited to have him on this episode today. So, um, hi, Ramji. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to uh, dive right into this and ask you my first question, because when I met you, it was like, you know, I was so inspired by your story that I had to, had to host you on the podcast. So tell our listeners a little bit about your story and what happened, you know, when you were diagnosed with the autoimmune disease. Well, my story is a, a story of many, many ups and downs, which I actually dubbed it as many, many ups and even more ups. So uh, luckily I've been able to convert most of these downturns into successes. So that is a, that is a good part of the story. Um, I, I was uh, diagnosed with my autoimmune disorder about um, when I was about 42, which was about seven years after I started showing the symptoms. So for about seven years, it was undiagnosed. And uh, it started when I was actually doing extremely well in my career, you know, doing uh, after my um, BTEC, MBA, then I got into the business, uh, uh, the corporate business side, and uh, I was doing very well, went on to become a chief operating officer in, a tel- in the telecom industry, and then it started this slight niggle in terms of unsteadiness when I was walking and uh, inability to pick up stuff with my fingers. My fingers would tremble. Uh, I started finding it difficult to manipulate my fingers. And uh, over a period of seven years, it kept getting worse. And at 42, when I had a fever, the entire condition spiked. And it spiked drastically. I was laid up. I could not lift even my hands or even one millimeter. I was completely paralyzed. I couldn't speak because my voice had started fading. I couldn't even keep my eyes open because my eyelids had, I had no control over my eyelids. They would keep drooping. And that was when I was wheeled to the hospital and I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. 
So the disorder was basically a, um, my entire immune system was attacking my peripheral nerves. So the nerves of my hands and legs were under constant attack by my own immune system. And uh, the nerves were becoming useless. They were not able to conduct the impulses uh, from my brain to the peripheral part of my body, which is my hands and legs. And consequently, my muscles were dying out or wasting away. And that was a condition when I was diagnosed. So it was quite a crazy time. So seven years of uncertainty and then followed up with that complete fall from um, being very aggressively pursuing a corporate career. I became somebody who would give anything to be able to just walk in a straight line or stand without falling. So it was quite a scary situation to be in. So that's how I was diagnosed. Wow. Um, and I'm sure that must have been such a shocker, right? And though you dealt with symptoms for seven years, being told that it's a rare uh, condition with possibly no cure in sight, how did that sort of feel? I mean, was it sort of maybe a, a bit of ray of hope or some, uh, you know, that at least I know what I have? Uh, or was it, was it even worse knowing that the, I have this thing which probably has no cure? How were you feeling at that point in time? And what was, you know, when you finally did uh, decide on a treatment plan, what were the challenges that you faced in, in terms of going forward with it? So it was definitely a relief. Knowing what it is, at least then I had an enemy to which I could actually see and then deal with. Instead of having an invisible thing which was attacking me, which I had no idea what it was. So the moment the diagnosis happened, then to go after, uh, I then started focusing completely in terms of how to manage this. Uh, the doctors put me on normal medications, which are traditional medications, which is what is called IVIG, uh, an immunoglobulin, which is injected through the vein into the body. A typical dose would last for about five days. So about 30 bottles would be, 30 to 36 bottles would be pumped into the body over five days. And each of those doses would last, um, would cost approximately about six lakhs. It was an extremely expensive treatment which I could not afford very frequently. In fact, I, I had to have this uh, dosage every two months or so. And obviously I could not afford six lakhs every second month. So they put me on uh, the second best thing, which is steroids. So I was on steroids. I was having a very large dosage of steroids every day. And uh, the condition did not really improve very much. It was sort of managed, but I still could would keep tripping and falling. I still found it difficult to hold a pen or a fork or a spoon in my hand. I still found it difficult to type. So in every way, it was uh, still very difficult and I was on medications which had massive side effects. So I could not, uh, uh, after some time, my eyesight started fading because the steroids actually have deposited some kind of a some kind of a film in the lens, in the eye. So I had to have cataract operations. 
Steroids have a lot of other side effects. I put on about 15, 16 kilos weight. I went up to about 94 kilos, I think, at that point in time. Um, I would feel lethargic and generally very sluggish the whole day. So those, those were some of the side effects of steroids. Because there are a lot of other side effects which are manifesting now for steroids, which I took about 10 years back. Uh, the bone becomes weak and brittle. And in my case, and in many cases, many people who have steroids have this problem that their bone starts dying from within. It's called avascular necrosis. So the hip bones actually start dying from within. And that is a very difficult thing to control again. But the problem was that uh, the, the normal traditional treatments were not really working for me. And that is when I had to look for other solutions. Very luckily, you know, I'm a person who takes control or charge of my own life. In a couple of years, I managed to find potential cures which are outside of the normal treatment. I went for one of them and managed to reverse my condition about 90%. So, um, yes, uh, there was certainty in terms of knowing what it was. There was something I could address. There was something I could take ownership for. And I did. And that's what actually managed to get me back on my feet after about a couple of years of going through traditional medication. So I managed to turn that around completely because I knew what was the problem. So honestly, Ramji, I think when, when you talk about and every time I've heard you uh, talk about what you went through, it sort of just gives me goosebumps because I cannot even imagine the kind of challenges that, that you would have gone through. But even then, you know, that the the way you took the news and, you know, the way, the way you went after the treatment that I have to go get this fixed somehow and I'm willing to try anything and the risks that you took is um, is truly, truly commendable. But you also mentioned... Um, that you know you were at the pinnacle of your career when this was diagnosed right and it it's a difficult condition in itself plus the treatments of course are time consuming and then you had to go to the us so um how did that impact your career goals and you know how did it affect um in how, how did it affect you professionally and how did it change your trajectory you know and and what, how did it bring you to what you're doing today? So tell us a little bit about that journey and the work that, that you're doing currently. So um, whenever I had a goal in front of me, I would be very, very driven. As a kid, one of my goals was to get into a great engineering college. And uh, during my 11th and 12th, I really focused on it. Even though I had no external tuition, I studied in a normal government PUC college. I managed to crack the entrance exam to IIT with a fantastic rank, All India rank. And uh, well, subsequently in IIT, I sort of floundered because I really had no major goals set for myself. But then once I started working, I had a very clear goal. I wanted to be the global CEO of a Fortune 500 company by the time I was 45. I was really driven by that ambition. So I had a very clear career goal. I was focused on achieving it. 
and nothing would have stopped me except of course something like this which is completely unforeseen a disorder which is weakening every muscle in my body when i had this complete meltdown my body went totally got paralyzed and then uh, the medications were not working i knew that i had to reposition myself and figure out something else i needed to do so at that point in time what i did was to go back to the uh, go back to basics figure out what are my strengths and how best i could leverage my strengths to become successful again it was very clearly my strength was not anymore in being a corporate head of ancho because i didn't have the physical ability to travel to extensively put hours on the road in flights staying in hotels whatever but i had the experience of somebody who had handled very senior level positions some of the most extremely tough jobs in the country had a fantastic analytical mind had great ability to get along with people these were my strengths and i could learn anything and anyway, and several times in my career i've had i had been put into totally new positions new jobs and i had learned on the job and then come up successful so i knew i could learn anything which i put my mind to so the idea was to then reposition myself into something which was playing to my strengths and uh, one of them was to become an author and a motivational speaker so i wrote my first book in fact starting from the hospital bed in chicago where i was going through my clinical trial and uh, i could not type actually at that time because my fingers were completely useless at use a voice to text software the first book was a very humorous completely wacky science fiction for children and that it so well that i was being invited to schools to give talk about the book i converted them to science workshops for children and i would make kids really roll around with laughter by the kind of characters in my book and the humor that i could put into the talks and soon i realized that i could become a motivational speaker because i was invited to a corporate and then i for a keynote address and it was it became the most entertaining event of the evening people voted as the most um new goal which is to touch a million lives positively and the moment i had that clarity that this is my new goal then i put everything into that you know i started focusing on that completely and i started reading up stuff which could help me become that i started pushing myself out of my boundaries of comfort took on some training assignments some counseling assignments some coaching assignments apart from obviously delivering talks in at to all levels of people whether it is global leadership teams of fortune 500 companies or whether it is school kids who are in the fifth grade now i could keep all kinds of audience engaged with my talk and i i had the right level i could come down to whichever level is was required to talk to my audience
I became, I managed to convert this entire downturn into a success because it was those experiences that I went through, which I could then share with the audience and motivate them. So I became a fairly well sought after or much sought after motivational speaker. Over the last uh, six, seven years, I have delivered over 100 talks. And uh, I've delivered webinars, online sessions. Uh, now that in the last one year, obviously, things have not been very easy to travel around. But I've, before that, I have addressed over 100 different sets of audiences. And uh, people love it. So I have found a niche now which plays to my strengths, from through which I can share all the experiences I've gone through and which captivates people and gets their imagination and attention. And hopefully my idea is that if I can, even out of this, maybe I would have addressed more than 100,000 people in the last five years. Out of that 100,000 people, even if 10%, 20% actually managed to change their lifestyle or change their lives according to some of the suggestions that I have given and become more positive, then I would have done a fantastic job. And that's my idea. You know, that's the new aim I'm going after. So I have a goal and now I'm going after that. I think the one thing that I would take away from your story, um, other than the positivity, is probably the whole resilience aspect of it, right? And um, where I'm coming from is because most people are so stuck in the here and now on the trajectory that they're on, on the on the path that they have set on from the time they were kids, you know, study this, do this, be that. And you towed the line also, you know, you, you became something that you, you always thought of becoming. You came from a small town, you get got into IITs, you had your whole journey there and, and you became this successful CTO. And then yet, you know, instead of sort of ruining that and saying, oh my God, why me? You went back to the drawing board and that is not an easy thing to do, right? You went back and said, okay, fine. If this is not working, if this is not my path, that's going to be something that I'm going to be able to do going forward. Then what do I do now? And you took this whole very solution oriented approach, right? And I think that is that is one of the biggest takeaways I think I have from your story that um, always look forward, always look ahead and say that, okay, if this path is not going down uh, the road that I can travel um, some more, then what is the other path that I can take? So that's definitely, that's, that's the amazing part of it. So on that note, Ramji, we're going to take a short break and uh, folks stay tuned. We'll be back soon to talk a little bit more about Ramji's story and um, how does he stay so happy and positive and oriented all the time. You're listening to the Be Unstoppable podcast and we're talking to Ramji Waldath. His book, From Ouch to Oops, is the inspirational true story of his life and holds lessons not just for people with disabilities but anyone with a mental demon. It'll teach you grit and courage, make you laugh and show how when the going gets tough, the tough gets humorous. So do check it out. The link is in the episode description. And we're back continuing that thread from where we left off. So Ramji, when I first met you, you know, the the first thing I noticed about you that you just radiate positivity, right? Like everything about you is just 
you know so happy and you know given what you've been through i've didn't you know detect an ounce of you know hey something bad happened to me in life it's all about what's next and it's all about um hey life is so exciting and this is what i'm doing and things like that so you're you're really an amazingly positive person so how um did you keep your spirits high even in those tough times when you actually um you know in the middle of all those treatment cycles and how like what is the secret to your happiness <laughs> so yeah well uh, there are actually quite a few things which sort of fell in place uh, and uh, well if i were to list them down i think uh, the most important part is i really was very grateful for everything that i had in my life whether it was a great education which has helped me reach that level a wonderful family who was incredibly supportive you know my wife actually took the entire load of running the household earning money looking after the children and ensuring that i had to keep going i mean coming with me to the hospital every two months to go through my monthly uh, dose i i shared a, a a very very close relationship so we are good we are actually best friends rather than you know parent and children so um that really helped you know the entire family being there really helped so i would actually always look at what i had in life rather than what i don't have and it was all those things that i had in life which really was enabling me to handle the situation well without giving up so i was grateful and the gratitude added to my happiness that is one thing number 2 i started focusing on and this is the biggest change in my life actually from being driven about my own goals i became driven about external goals that is how can i help as many people as i can how do i add value to other people's lives and again i could use my strength to do that my strength was i had a an enormous network of successful people whom i could tap to support others i had this incredible ability to learn which i had kept practicing more and more and uh, today i mean i i take on courses on udemy etc and i learned that new things uh learned stuff on how to stay positive how growth mindset uh, neuroplasticity and things in science like evolution and so all those things have really helped me in terms of being risk taking being able to try new things and leveraging my network to support others so i could add value to other people's lives through my strengths and the moment i started focusing on that it started adding more happiness to myself the more you do for others the happier you get and the more grateful you are for what you have the happier you get so very luckily i hit upon these two key ingredients to the recipe of being positive these were two things the third thing was i always was driven by a goal as i said and i reset my goals based on my strengths and then started going after the goal and so i would actually always break it down to daily what one can do 
and then try and achieve today's goal today. And when you do that, it is again another ingredient for happiness. The moment you put a goal for yourself and you So for me, setting this target of touching a million lives positively and then breaking it down to goals for today, some of the goals would be things which would help in long term, for example, learning new things, reading new books, attending webinars or uh, online courses. But they were all steps to get me closer to the goal. And there were other goals which I had in terms of getting myself back in shape. So when I came back from my treatment, I was about 94 kilos and I had to lose about 20 kilos. And my muscles were almost completely wasted and I had to build them back. So I actually drew up an Excel sheet of 27 exercises and for the next 180 days, every day, I put a target for each exercise which I would achieve. And every week the target would go up and I would still achieve each day what are the targets I had kept for myself. Now, again, that was having a goal and then breaking it down to what can be done today to daily targets and then achieving those targets. And that helped me keep myself motivated. So anytime you are going through a downturn, one thing I realized is that instead of focusing on the problem, one has to focus on the solutions. And this goes back to neuroplasticity, where whatever you focus on, that part of your brain becomes stronger and stronger. It's easier and easier for the mind to slip into that mode. So you focus on the problem, then your mind is constantly focusing on the problem and you become more and more negative. If you are focusing on solutions, then your mind is constantly looking for new, your brain is looking for new connections and it establishes new connections. You get a dopamine spurt in your brain, it makes you feel happy, then you focus on, the, on that more. And you're finding, you're finding solutions become a way of life. So that is the other thing which helped me stay positive, that I was constantly looking for solutions instead of focusing on the problem. And the last thing was, and this I, I said once earlier, is focusing on how to help others. The more you help others, the happier you get. And also, the more number of people are there to help you when you go through difficulties. So these set of ingredients played beautifully out in my case. And I managed to turn my life into a very, very positive virtuous cycle. Instead of really saying that I'm the happiest person I have met in my life. And I'm very proud of that. I think you're the happiest person I've had the pleasure to meet too. But so because since you're talking about happiness, any thoughts on what is it that makes people unhappy, right? Why are people so unsatisfied, you know, and disgruntled in life in general? What, what makes them unhappy? Yeah, one thing I've noticed is that um, people who are mostly unhappy are people who let their mind wander into why did this happen to me? So any small downturn in their lives, they look at it as, oh my God, I'm being singled out. I am getting all these problems. And then they look at why did this happen to me? Now, that question is actually a completely useless question. 
life is a bunch of random probabilities and sometimes things happen to you which is good sometimes things happen to you which is bad so the idea is to focus on what can you do from a particular situation rather than why did this happen so i you know in my talks i keep asking people and typically the kind of people i talk to are corporate cxos or senior people in corporates and they are in the top 1% in the country in terms of all privileges i asked them are you the top 1% in the country in terms of happiness and the answer is no at every level in society at every privilege level there are people who are most unhappy to people who are extremely happy if you look at a daily laborer uh, a set of daily laborers you will have people who are unhappy and people who are happy if you look at a bunch of school teachers you will have people who are unhappy and you will have people who are happy if you look at a corporate manager you will feel find people who are unhappy and you will find people who are happy if you look at the ceos in the country you will find people who are unhappy and people who are happy so it's a it's a matter of finding out how to stay positive and uh, so this is it's a matter of figuring out the solution rather than focusing on the problem so when you ask me why are people unhappy it's a state of mind and i mean so, and it is something which is very controllable that's the point and how you can do it is to constantly focus on what you have rather than what you don't have and to begin with maybe it is an exercise in itself you will have to actually say today i will list down three things which i have which i need to be grateful for and do that and sit back and think of how those things have helped you and feel that gratitude wash over your mind and like that every day you do you identify a few things which are, you need to be grateful for over a period of time you will start training your mind to focus on what you have rather than what you don't have number 1 number 2 when you're going through difficulties instead of focusing on the problem keep your mind focused on figuring out solutions and to reach that solution what is it that you can do today list down those things which you can do today to get out of the mess that you are in and then do those things which you have listed out for yourself to do today action orientation makes you positive taking no action makes you go back to why did this happen to me so these are couple of things which are the reasons why people stay unhappy and these are the ways that one can then get oneself out of that unhappiness spiral so for me um, from the time when i was 34 the height of my corporate career having a brilliant future in front of me and a goal of which is very very empowering and huge then i went through my autoimmune disorder then i went through um surgeries for my eyes um then i had in the last 10 years i must have fallen i've had two surgeries of my hip bones i have had definitely more than my fair share of mishaps and it would have been very easy for me to say why did this happen to me very luckily 
early in the in the journey i hit upon the solution of how to keep myself positive and and if i can do that and i can still claim that i am the happiest person in the world very confidently without feeling i am lying uh, i think anybody can do this you know it's just a matter of practice i think that was spot on ramji and i think just adding on to that i sort of feel one of the reasons that people are also unhappy is because you know we're always chasing somebody else's idea of happiness and we don't really know what happiness means to us right we're so busy pleasing others so busy chasing um you know these this track that has been set for us that we don't really you know figure out how to prioritize what matters most to us in life and because we're not chasing our priorities and our happiness of course we're not able to achieve that goal because probably we're going in a whole different direction altogether right and maybe that's one of the reasons that people are unhappy very true i think um, in fact that is one of the reasons i say that when you're going through difficult times in life you might think the you know world is coming to an end and it's so oh hard this is like this is the worst possible thing to happen etc but you will find that two years down the line you'll be looking at those situations and say i learned so much in that time my life changed in that time and i become a much better person because of that so you learn so much you actually learn your own strengths and you become so much more empowered every time you go through a difficult phase very true and i think it's also sort of very easy right to spiral down into negativity because that's the path of least resistance you can just blame everything and everyone for the circumstances you find yourself in but um we talked a lot about you know how to overcome those kind of feelings and and stay positive but you know you've been through a lot and when you look back now and like they say hindsight is 2020 right so when you look back do you regret anything actually you know funny as it sounds i don't regret a single damn thing because i think every one of these things added to what i am today and i love myself very much okay so <laughs> would i change an iota and what i am today no i don't want to i am very happy with myself mean life had been different if it had not happened i would have been a different person so i don't regret anything actually I think that's one thing that I can totally resonate with you know this whole thought of your circumstances and your choices in those circumstances make you who you are and I was actually talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago about the same thing um and I was also editing this book for one of my clients and she's written beautifully about choice and how it sort of shapes everything um in in our lives and you know helps us truly become who we are um and when you say that and i look back and um 
this conversation that, that I was having was about uh, what's brought me to this point in time. And I said the same thing, you know, that, um, of course, I have regrets. I'm not going to say that I don't have regrets. I do. But but each and everything that happened in my life, and especially, you know, when Gaurav passed away after uh, after that, those, those five years in the IVF journey that I took, are some of the things that have been major influencers in my life to sort of shape me and change me into what I am today. I was a very, very different person before that. I had very different life priorities. I was making very different choices. But then, you know, this happened and, and I suddenly realized that, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I doing any of what I've been doing all this while? And my life priorities changed completely and I've taken so much, so many drastic decisions after that that have actually made me a much happier person today. And I sort of then so resonate with you in in that context where, you know, when you go through an adversity, you sort of find um, probably more appreciation for life. Your life is a very inspiring life. Yeah. And the way that you have actually managed to turn this around and um, I think I think your life, a lot of people can learn so much from. Thank you, Ramji. That's really kind of you to say um, on that note. <laughs> Moving on to my next question. Uh, what's the mantra that you live by? Yeah, so the mantra is uh, what I said. And this I, I discovered after I got uh, my illness. And I think it was there nascent in my mind earlier. But it is that the more value you add to others' lives, the happier you are. So I really focus my effort on helping people. Anybody who calls me for help, I spend time, I take a genuine effort to try and fix their problems. That is number one. Number two is I actually go around trying to find people whom I can help. And that has really helped me. So um, my last question is about a little bit about your story and also uh, about the times we live in because you know COVID's been a very difficult time this whole year has been a series of mishaps after the other and people are really frustrated people are facing pay cuts layoffs uh, they have mental well-being challenges they're you know stuck at home they don't know what to do and uh, all that social isolation and the fear that COVID has put in um, a lot of people it's uh, it's not a very conducive place and a lot of people are facing that roadblock right they don't know where to go from here um it's sort of rock bottom moment for a lot of them so and and you know you you're a person who's overcome that rock bottom scenario so any advice for our listeners today and you know how can they deal with situations when life really th- throws them lemons i think that uh, coronavirus pandemic is the possibly the worst thing that can happen right uh, and uh, for me uh, it has been a huge um, opportunity to give back to the society. So today, um, I, I do a little bit of consulting with Azim Premji Foundation for the last six, seven years. I've been editing a science magazine for school teachers. And uh, when the pandemic started, I got co-opted into the work on pandemic, pandemic management, which the foundation is doing across, across the country. Uh, because, of the cert- because of certain strengths I have, which is the ability to learn, my interest in science, my ability to network, my um, ability to manage projects and influence people, I got roped into a very important role there. So I started leading strategy for healthcare in the foundation. 
and I'm able to do so much because of the strengths I have. So I've really, I, I, for me, I have really managed to empower myself, empower many people through the work I'm doing uh, during the, the Corona time. Number two is uh, I'm now exploring how can I actually expand the, uh, the programs that I have through an online medium, which would not have been possible earlier. Now people are taking to it. And this is an opportunity for me to reach out to many more lives. So in every, in every downturn, you can actually look for the opportunities and make that into a success. I totally, totally agree with your point on this finding opportunity in every adversity. And in fact, um, like I was just, you know, this is what I spent last month or two months on actually very intensively building this course on solopreneurship. So a friend of mine and I got talking and we figured that, you know, a lot of people because of job loss, pay cards are looking at, um, you know, what to do next, where to go next, uh, right? And we thought, so I've been doing the solopreneurship thing for a while, right? And um, it's a it's a business of one and gives me this comfortable income and it gives me this whole flexibility and freedom to do my own thing. And so I thought, you know, why not use that learning and sort of apply it and sort of give it experience to other folks in terms of how they can set up their solo business. So we sat together and we, we made this course, which is, actually going live this tuesday um you know our first batch is uh, starting on tuesday but um and i've seen a lot of people take advantage of this right they've started home-based businesses they've started virtual classes they've started all sorts of things to either you know uh, make up for uh, you know an additional income that's required or um you know to do something while they also look for a corporate job on the side. So very interesting ways people are also coping up with this scenario. But yes, um, I think resilience is all about, like you said earlier, going back to the drawing board, figuring out your strengths, seeing how you can leverage them to sort of emerge stronger in the new normal. So I think it was a very interesting discussion, Ramji. Thank you so much for sharing your views. I uh, really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Supriya, for having me here. I hope uh, this uh, helps me touch a few more thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands lives more positively. Thank you. I hope it's hundreds of thousands. <laughs> well, I'm going to second that thought because I'm hoping that there are hundreds of thousands of listeners to this podcast. But thank you again, Ramji. This was really fun and enlightening. So thank you again for your time. And folks, thank you for staying tuned in and I will see you next week. Hey there, so that was the Be Unstoppable podcast for today. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed the show. Do subscribe to stay connected and tune in every Friday on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.